When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I was a, a Weezer late bloomer because okay. remember for college, for high school and into college, I was primarily hip hop. Right Now, something about the sweater song always captured me. I don't know what it was. I just love that song. If you want to undo my sweater, hold this thread. And I'm like, it just was genius to me for some reason. But my sister had the Weezer album. So I was a little bit on the periphery of it and would hear her playing it in her bedroom, but never really dared to go in and borrow the CD for myself if it came on the radio. Okay, cool. In the midst of my midlife crisis, much later on in my 30s, my husband had always loved Weezer and okay. Say It Ain't So is one of his all-time favorite songs. And we were looking for something to do because we were in the grind, parents, two young kids. And I'm like, do we even, are we even happy? Are we even in love anymore? What do we want to do? And so we decided to go away for the weekend, go up to Connecticut so we don't have to go too far from the kids, get a room, go to a concert and see if we still want to keep doing this thing. Fortunately, we did. But we're there, we're listening to this Weezer music, and it suddenly becomes the anthem for my I have to get out of corporate mentality. Every song I'm listening to is just screaming, Karen, you have got to stop giving up on your dreams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train today. We're headed to an island in the sun, maybe? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I am hoping that this interview is not too awkward, clunky, or tragic. But I have a new friend, Karen, joining me. She is filled with topics she wants to talk about. So I think this will be a fun one. Karen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's always going to be fun. I love having conversations about music. It yeah. feels like the soundtrack to my life. It, it truly is. And I, I've been talking to people about this. What's nice is over the past couple of months, through this this service, this pod match, right? Yeah. I've gotten people that normally would not be on the podcast. And it's fun because I've got all these business leaders and they're like, oh, I don't have to talk about business infrastructure. I can just <laughs> talk about Van Morrison. Yes. Sweet. I please sign me up. Yes. Oh, I yeah. spent many years in corporate. So I know how that goes. Yeah. So tell us about yourself, Karen. Yeah, sure. So I am what I call a recovered corporate workaholic. 
I spent 15 years doing the corporate grind, gave up my dreams for acting and chased a paycheck in titles and realized around 39 years old that I was absolutely miserable, went through a midlife crisis. And I know a lot of people will laugh and be like, oh, you're so young. I'm like, maybe. Do we really ever know when we're midlife? Not exactly. Exactly. But okay. So I brushed that off and found my way out through a little bit of self-discovery, decided to write a tell-all memoir. And then in the process of that, realized, I think I want to be a life coach and help other people transform their lives just like me. So I'm in Greenville, South Carolina now after 12 years in Jersey was born and raised in upstate New York, small town. And now I, I found like after being in the city for a while, I wanted to get back to that. I just want a quiet, quieter life. That is awesome. I love that. I, I have, I, I think it's great. And how do you, I got distracted here for a moment. So I'll remember to edit this out. Sure. You talked about at the half, what is middle age? I remember when I was in college, I was reading an Ellery Queen novel. Okay. And someone talked about at they were in their 30s and got married. And I remember thinking this 19-year-old punk, why bother to get married at 30? Your life's yeah. almost over, right? <laughs> it's, I'm 64 this year. This is my right. Beatles year. And I realized, boy, God, you were idiots. Okay, Karen, you said you grew up upper New York. Talk about growing up. What kind of music did your family listen to when you were younger? Yeah, my dad always had classic rock on. He always had the radio on Saturday mornings. I just remember always him doing chores around the house and the stereo would just be blasting from the mid floor and ever you could hear it throughout the whole house or he could hear it in the backyard. Uh, so a lot of Pink Floyd and... Uh, Beatles, um, trying to think of what else he liked. Uh, Tears for Fears. I always remember listening to that tape in his Jeep anywhere we would go in the Wrangler. We'd go off roading, and Tears for Fears was a big influence. Toto, all those Steve Miller band, all those kind of 70s type classic rock bands. And I liked the music, I wasn't opposed to it. But I think as I got older, I wanted to find my own music. Sure, what, absolutely. Yeah, what could I call mine? So I find that there are two, and of course, overly generalization, but there's two groups. The groups that enjoyed their parents' music and just then expanded to their own music, or the people that didn't really like their parents' music, rebelled, found their own. And then when they got in their 30s, realized, oh, wow, that's actually pretty good music. Yeah, I'm a rebel by nature. So I would definitely go. I was probably rebelling. Yeah. Uh, I remember they took me to a Beach Boys concert when I was maybe 14 or something. And I was pissed that I had to be there. I was <laughs> so mad. I sat there cross-armed the whole concert and in my head, I was like totally jamming out, singing all the songs, Kokomo, but I yes. did not want them to see me. Oh, like Little Deuce Coop was one of my favorite songs growing up. But then as I got older, I was just like, you're not going to make me sit through this concert. I could be hanging out with my friends. And I was such a brat. 
I don't know how they tolerated me. I love that. One of my first musical obsessions was Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. Uh, and I did laugh, though, when I we moved to Dallas, they would come every summer and we would go. And after a while, you're like, OK, can you give us a little spontaneity? Because right. you're making the same jokes. No one wants to hear those old car songs, do you? Okay, Mike, you've made this joke three years in a row. Pass it up a little bit. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Uh, so what, when you're, when Surly Karen, what music did you find? What were you seeking and what did, what became your music? Yeah. So I remember this. It's so strange sometimes how you just have these vivid memories that stick out in your mind. I went to get my retainer and then I went to a sleepover and you know how the first 24 hours you're just in pain because everything is being smashed around in your mouth. And I just remember laying on this, my friend's couch and she was watching MTV and Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre came on. It was, I don't think it was Let Me Ride. I can't think of which one it was, but it's when they shake the 40 at the end and they drench the girl. And I just remember being like, what is this? I was curious more than anything. I wasn't sure I was sold on it yet because I had always been more of like, pop because I was a dancer. I was a, I grew up doing competition dance. So we were listening to a lot of CNC music factory type of stuff um, and two unlimited and that kind of techno-y stuff. But I was like, this is interesting. I need to hear more of this kind of music. What's, what is the, what's all of this hip hop and rap about? And once Warren G came out with Regulate and some of the other popular artists of back in the day, Biggie started coming out, Tupac started coming out. I was like, I like this beat. The beat was just so infectious. And Bone Thugs and Harmony and those guys could make you love a song about murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Those peaceful voice and they would sing and hit these harmonies and they would be like, I'm going to blow your brains out. And I'm like, okay, this is beautiful. (laughs) Ken Burns, yeah, Ken Burns' documentary on country music makes that connection. So one of his guests talked about that early country music was all about murders and all this killing and then hip hop. Oh, we're invented. Nope. It's something that that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. One of the things you mentioned is that Weezer has been important to you. So can you remember when... Because often these bands, like we'll talk about, especially like if you grew up in Jersey, everyone, Springsteen's in the water. Oh, yeah. But then there's a point where he comes between, oh, that's the guy my friends listen to or my dad listens to. Oh, wait, this is something, a road to Damascus moment, so to speak. Right. So is there that moment with your fandom? So I was a, a Weezer late bloomer because okay. remember for college, for high school and into college, I was primarily hip hop. Right Now, something about the sweater song always captured me. I don't know what it was. I just love that song. If you want to undo my sweater, hold this thread. And I'm like, I, it just was genius to me for some reason. But my sister had the Weezer album. So I was a little bit on the periphery of it and would hear her playing it in her bedroom, but never really dared to go in and borrow the CD for myself. If it came on the radio, okay, cool. 
in the midst of my midlife crisis, much later on in my 30s, my husband had always loved Weezer and Say It Ain't So is one of his all-time favorite songs. And we were looking for something to do because we were in the grind, parents, two young kids. And I'm like, do we even, are we even happy? Are we even in love anymore? What do we want to do? And so we decided to go away for the weekend, go up to Connecticut so we don't have to go too far from the kids get a room, go to a concert and see if we still want to keep doing this thing. Fortunately, we did. But we're there. We're listening to this Weezer music and it suddenly becomes the anthem for my I have to get out of corporate mentality. Every song I'm listening to is just screaming, Karen, you have got to stop giving up on your dreams. You've got to stop dealing with this rat race. Money isn't everything. And it was just hit me. And I left that concert with downloaded all the songs. And literally, I think for three, four weeks, all I listened to on repeat to and from work in my hour and a half commute was Weezer. I probably needed a Weezer intervention, but I was like, "Eh, it's not hurting anyone. (laughs) So much there to unpack. Oh, yeah. What was the day gig that was just beating you? down. Yeah. So I was in corporate and I had, I was in telecom and then I moved to energy and it was really between the end of telecom when I was chief of staff for the Verizon $13 billion business, you know, the wireline industry, and then moving over to energy where I thought maybe it was the company. I just didn't fit in that company. And then it realized, oh no, the problem is me. I, I can't work for someone. I can't be in corporate and do this whole thing where I'm in a box and I have to behave a certain way every day. This just isn't for me. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. I I love that because there is that feeling, right? That this is, you're chasing success. The definition of success, you have to, you're going up the corporate ladder. You're making success. Salaries is how we keep score. Yeah. The same way you do a video game. Yeah. Titles. And yeah, I made the joke. Um, I've been a director at multiple jobs. I've never gotten the VP title and it really doesn't matter, but it is one of those things like just once I would have liked, wouldn't mind being a VP. And I w- was sharing, Jason Isbell just came to Dallas and and he sold out in Dallas. So I drove down to Austin. I'd had a couple of friends that said, this guy's really good. You should check him out. And I had casually listened to the CDs and knew I liked him. So I was going to see him live. And so I went into a deep dive, exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's all I was listening to on my commute back and forth was Jason Isbell. And now my wife is, okay, have you broken up with Bruce? Is Jason Isbell your new musical boyfriend? I'm like, no, it's just, I've expanded. We we have an right. open marriage, a musical marriage. Go. Yes. Well, sometimes um, you just need that. Like you go yes. in and you get so attached and it felt like it was speaking to me. I just, gosh, every time my, my name is Jonas, I don't know if you've heard this song, but they talk about the workers are going home. And I'm like, I want to go home permanently from this job. And the pressure we put on people to succeed and to hit these targets and metrics, and it's all stupid. They talk about in the song how the, the foreman is injured his hand and the building isn't going to plan, but it all doesn't actually even matter. And, but we're killing ourselves to make it happen. And it's just, I don't know. I just found so much irony in these songs. But I think also it gave me a little bit of hope. I didn't feel it at the time, but I think it also gave me hope that, no, there are people out there who aren't doing what you're doing, who aren't in B2B marketing, doing this daily grind. There is another way. You just have to figure out what makes you tick and what you can do to bring value to others and get paid for it. I remember I was, I've been in a call center business for my Mm. adult life. And, and I think one of the reasons you get into that is you, you either consciously or subconsciously like helping people. Sure. Fixing things, right? Yeah. And 
but I remember I was attending a call center networking group and it was at the Mary Kay building here in Dallas. And everywhere there are signs and quotes from Mary Kay. And the person hosting it talked about that Mary Kay isn't about cosmetics. It's about empowering women. Yes. Their purpose is to empower women. And it hit me that the company I worked for, if I asked their purpose Mm. to improve their EBITDA every quarter. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Or make stockholders richer. I don't know. Yeah. And and it felt a little sad, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And I am blessed right now. I'm working for a company that we do roadside assistance in the RV industry. And our owner is like carefree RVing. Mm -hmm. Our purpose is to let people get out and go back to nature. That's so cool. That's our journey. That's what all this is about. So that when they get their two weeks vacation a year and that RV breaks down, we get them back on the road as soon as possible so they can enjoy their vacation. And there's, and it's hard. I realize corporate world is corporate world, but it is often, there is not a purpose. Yeah. I'm going to go back to, do you and your husband still get away and test that you still like each other? Yes, of course. And actually last summer we took ballroom dancing classes together and it was, and it was his idea, but it was so cute because he had a friend who went through a divorce and he asked his friend, what tips do you have for me? What do you think happened? And his friend said, never stop dating your wife. Now, I had been saying that for years, like just put a little <laughs> cologne on, let's yeah. go on a date, let's right. be romantic. I don't know, leave flowers on my car like you did in college. I don't those little things, but it t- sometimes it takes hearing it from someone else for it to actually sink in. And it did. So for our anniversary, he signed us up for a four week program. We learned how to cha and foxtrot. And then he liked it. He actually enjoyed it. So he signed us up for another four weeks. And I grew up dancing my whole life. So it was really cool to be able to do that and do it together and have a little time just to reconnect. That's great. What we tend to do is we'll do weekends together. And Mm -hmm. I've told this story so many times. So listeners, bear with me. Karen (laughs) hasn't heard it. Exactly. Yeah, 2012, we had my wife and I had not gone on a vacation together in years. We had gone with the kid sure. or with other couples, but we had never gone just her and I, and we decided we were going to do it. And so we debated and debated, and we ended up coming up with something for all of us. And so she and I got in the car, we drove to Kentucky, we did the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, cool. uh, went up to Cleveland, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, saw a brew show. Because nice. that was my part, right? Yep. Came back through the other part of Kentucky, finished the other half of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and came home. And we called it our Bruce and Bourbon Tour. That's so cool. And what was that. great, we got married in 84. So okay. 2012, it, it had been a while. Yeah. And we laughed. We still like each other. Yeah, exactly. We still, you can be in the car, and sometimes you talk each other's ear off. And other times you're just listening to music and there's a comfortable silence yep. because you're there. Mm-hmm. 
And and I just really, I loved hearing your story. And I know you're being a little dramatic. Do we still want to be married? But the idea is, do I still like this person? Yeah. Obviously, we have a commitment and everything, but do I like hanging out with them? And we just recently, about four or five weeks ago, we went down and saw the Blue Bonnets Ooh. in Texas, and we saw all those. Then we drove to A&M, and we toured the first Bush Presidential Library because we both love going to presidential libraries because it's regardless of the politics just the idea that this person spent four to eight years leading the country and all the challenges they had so it was a lot of fun and we were like it's cool just to spend time together yeah yeah I think that's beautiful not enough people do that yes set aside some time I I love the fact that your muse is Weezer they're telling you, Karen, get out. You got to get out while we're young. Because tramps like us, we were born to run and we're we born were. to get away from corporate. <laughs> so what was the steps you made to reinvent yourself? Yeah. So it doesn't sound very glamorous, but it's a very key step. And I really started turning inward and going to my journal and getting lost with my thoughts what do I want out of life? If this doesn't make me happy, then what could make me happy? What would that look like? And at first it was hard because your brain automatically wants to figure out the how, or it goes to then how will you pay your bills? How will you make money? Who's going to pay you for that? And I had to really train myself not to self-edit and just go with your thought, really flush it out and then come back and read it later and see what signs you're sending yourself and what themes are coming up. And so I knew I had to, at some point, write this book. So I had this idea for a memoir that I had started in 2009. It is now 2019. And I'm like, okay, it's now or never. If I died tomorrow, what would I regret? It would be not writing this book. So the book is The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. It's always a fun one to say. I love seeing people's expressions the first time I say it. But when I started writing it, I got this fire in my belly. Like all of a sudden it was, I was alive again. There was this spark. I wasn't depressed and hopeless and sad and bummed out anymore. I was, I had something to live for almost. And not that I didn't have things to live for. Like I said, I was married. I had two healthy boys. I had a six-figure paycheck. I had a roof over my head. There were so many things to be grateful for, but there was this lacking and of fulfillment. I just wasn't fulfilled. The things that society said were supposed to make me happy failed me. It didn't work. But writing this book was exciting. And I started sharing it with a few people and they were raving about it. And I'm like, should I get an editor? Should I just try to do this thing? And I was very fortunate. The president that I worked for in 2016, when I was in telecom, had produced his own book. And he agreed to introduce me to his editor and helped me get my first book contract, basically. And we started writing it. And a year and a half later, it was ready to go and be published, which was so exciting. So I knew we were going to visit. And so I... I had pulled up the book on Amazon and you can sample it. And, and it's because I was going, the reviews are a a lot about 
how empowering this is for young women or old women and that female perspective. And I started it and went, this is funny. This is really funny. And it is, and and I'm looking forward to reading the whole thing, but this is self-discovery that it doesn't matter the gender gender yeah it is just about discovering it could just as be my belly button (laughs) or everything but I love the idea and you start out with how close you've always been to your vagina but what kind of gave you the thought that you wanted something that tongue-in-cheek of a title that based on me talking to you, I could, this fits your personality perfectly, but what was it doing? Yeah. So it's interesting. The original title was, I don't know my vagina. And so after working with my editor, he was like, ah, it's just not there. We need something a little more punchy. And so in a sweaty wrestling gym, while my son was practicing and I was writing, I was chatting with another mom and boom, we came up with the ins and outs of my vagina. And then when I started doing subtitles, I was like, we got to go big or go home. So I was like, let's have another double entendre. We'll go with a penetrating memoir. You know what you're getting. What's a memoir? And you know that there is going to be sex. So it's definitely not textbook learning, right? It's all stories from my life, all the way starting from five up to 40 with all the experiences that me and V, my vagina, who's a character in the book, but she doesn't get introduced until chapter 14. So you probably didn't get to read her in the sample, but she's got her own character and she just steps on the scene to my life and it gets topsy-turvy from there. Uh, It is incredibly charming and unique. So what's the response been? Yeah, there's nothing else like it on the market, that's for sure. And I will say the response has been overwhelmingly positive. There's definitely some people that have clutched their pearls a little bit and aren't sure. It's been tough launching a book like this in South Carolina. I think if this had come out when I was still in New Jersey, it probably would have been even a bigger hit. But Reader's Favorite gave it a gold medal. And when I was down in Miami accepting the award in November, Miami was very receptive and loving. I think all 25 books that Books and Books, which is a wonderful little indie book uh, store down in South Florida, sold out within a couple of months. They went like hotcakes. So definitely different than the, the South Carolina market. But we need to start talking about these things. We should not be ashamed of a body part. And I always say the word vagina is not a dirty word. It's literally the medical term for a part of our body. Yes. It's not like I'm being crass and throw, which you could say whatever, but it's not like I'm saying the P word and stuff and just being salacious to be salacious. This is an important part of our body, a part of our body that gives us pleasure, that gives us pain. I talk about ovarian cysts. I talk about my miscarriage for the first time and what that experience was like. And I talk about sex and the lack of orgasms that uh, a lot of women are experiencing because men have not all been properly educated about how women experience pleasure. Yes, unfortunately, that is that there's a lot we could do about that in society. Um, I remember what really came to me is I took my son 
to the movies when he was younger and it was true lies oh yeah and, and there is the great scene where the wonderful right jamie lee curtis is dancing to john hyatt and i'm uncomfortable that my son is there and someone brought up but hundreds of people are being killed there is car crashes there's mayhem and you're not worried about that at all with him there what's that say about us and and my friend wasn't judgmenting sure they were just saying and i thought about that and i said yeah it is pendulette talks a lot about there are no dirty words there's just words right and it's the context that we use them that causes that good for you <laughs> I love that you thought it was funny though, because that's really what I was going for. I wanted this to be a comedic relief for people, be able to escape our crazy world with all the things going on and just be able to laugh and then appreciate your own body because we're not right. unicorns. So many of us, although our journey might be different, we have similar things that happen to us and we're not alone. Yeah, I, I do agree with that because we've all gone through and I made a little joke when we introduced you, but you said that your child was awkward, clunky, and tragic. Yeah. And I think all of us. Don Henley once said that, he says, I think a lot of us go through adulthood trying to fix what happened to us in high school. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that there is that, this change and this, we are very worried about the right things. And I think it's cool that Weezer helped you. I'm going to try differently. Once you got through, talk about the new birth of you. So you're writing the yeah. book, but now you're coaching. Tell me what went on. Oh gosh, a lot of things. As I started writing this book, I was also doing other things like rekindling my passions. I was falling in love with dance again and starting to prioritize going into the city and as I'm doing all these things, I'm realizing this can help other women. I have the blueprint here of all the things that I've done. You know, I started changing my mindset, stopped thinking negative thoughts, because every time I thought something negative, that came true. And the negative things kept happening to me. And it was this vicious cycle. So I got introduced to the whole idea of manifesting and positive thoughts and law of attraction. And I started putting it to work and it started working. And I was like, what? why is nobody talking about this? Why aren't we teaching this in our schools? And I thought, this is it. I know so many other women are struggling just like me in corporate. 2020 hits and I get laid off. So the book hasn't actually come out yet, but I'm nearing the end of the writing stages and I get laid off from my corporate job, which I was going to leave Supposedly, I told myself at the end of December anyway, it was August, it was a few months before my timeline. But I think God, the universe knows me and knows I would have been like, I'll just stay till April for the bonus. Then I'll leave. Then I'll leave. There always would have been an excuse. And so it was like, nope, we're cutting the cord. You're done. Fly out of the nest, baby bird. You got to go. So in that moment, I decided to go on vacation. I went to Cape Cod for a week, completely disconnected. And I just told my husband, I need to separate old Karen, workaholic Karen, corporate Karen, from whatever this new Karen is going to be. And I came back from vacation and I settled on life coaching. I just had been talking to some people in the industry who did health coaching and 
I didn't necessarily want to be just focused on health and weight. That's one piece of it. But I wanted the bigger picture, the career aspect, the romance and relationships, all the things that I had to repair as a result of my workaholism. I wanted to be able to help other women that with that. And so I got certified uh, with a, an online course, started taking clients and have never looked back. It's been just a pleasure to usher these women through their transformations. That That's very cool. Has Weezer continued to be a soundtrack for you? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. So there, we are going to see them actually this weekend in Charlotte, and I cannot wait. We're bringing the kids. It's going to be their first concert. Will they be, so will they be surly? I'm a little nervous about the teen. Yes, <laughs> I get you. Because you just asked the wrong question or look at that kid wrong, and you're you're yes. dead to him for a little while. So it's going to be interesting, but I'm not going to let him, we're not letting anybody rain on our right. parade. So it's going to be fun. But I also- is this the first time you've seen them or so this is my third okay. time. Yep. So we okay. saw them twice, me and my husband, and now this will be our third time okay. at this time as a family. But from that, those first two times, I think so much had changed. I started coming out of this because while I was listening to a lot of Weezer, I also was listening to Smashing Pumpkins, Disarm and Blurry Puddle of Mud. And it was just a lot of really heavy and depressing music. And I realized on one of my commute home one night, why do I keep feeling this way? Why do I keep feeling sad and hopeless about everything? I was like, maybe Karen, it's the music you're listening to. Maybe you need something a little more upbeat. So I turn off my phone that was Bluetoothing everything through. And I just put on the radio and started scanning. Because by this point, I was starting to outgrow a lot of the hip hop too. I'm just like, I cannot be called a bitch anymore. I cannot be called a hoe. I did not identify with this music. It's I don't want that toxic mentality in my car. And it certainly wasn't going to let the kids listen to it. I needed to make a shift. Country music filled in for a little while. But then it was always about drinking. And then it was fueling my drinking problem. So I was like, okay, I need something else. So anyway, this specific day, I'm in the car. And I wanted to ask you, were you having substance problems? Oh, for sure. Most people around me wouldn't say, wouldn't have known I was an alcoholic. Okay. I didn't go to AA. I didn't wake up in the morning, except for during COVID. I started drinking many days at 1030. And that's when I really started to realize there's a problem. I have a problem, but I always had a problem. I drank every night of the week, seven nights a week, three glasses of wine a day, or whatever my poison was for that week. But yes, I always had substance since I was 14. I've been drinking since I was 14. Have you read Sarah Heppel's book? No. What's it called? All right. Writing this down. Yeah, she is blackout, remembering the things I drank to forget. Mm. And it's by Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-E-P-O-L-A, Sarah Huppola. I Um, definitely have heard of this book. Yes, it is. It You guys have different tones, but there is a, I will tell one story from the book, right? She drives to visit a friend in Colorado. And when she gets there, her friend is appalled that the car is filled with empty beer cans. 
And Sarah's like, why are you giving me shit? I'm being an environmentalist. I'm not throwing it on the side of the road. I should be rewarded that I'm not littering. Right. And it is, she was on the podcast and I was lucky enough to have her. She also did this great podcast about the story behind the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, which is amazing. But yeah, I'd love for you to read the book. I think because she did the same thing. She's, I don't have a drinking problem until she realized she did have a drinking problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. so please, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, you're fine. And I think it's important to talk about it. And I'm not ashamed. It yeah. is what it is. And I, I, the more I got so focused on my work and the stress and all of that was killing me, the more I drank to try to take the edge off, but the worse that made everything else in my life. So yeah. Sure. It's, it's, no, it's I get you. All right. Slope. So country music yes. is not, is feeding some of the addiction. Yes. You're tired of being called bad words with hip hop. You're the grunge rock was making you feel depressed. You're searching, right? You are searching, Karen. Mm -hmm. And this song, I stumble upon this radio and it has a familiar hip hop beat. And I'm like, oh, what is this? What is this? It was Mandisa and Toby Mac and Kirk Franklin. It was a song called We All Bleed the Same. And I remember sitting in the car just being like, this is it. This is speaking to my soul. I need to hear this kind of music. And now that song was very powerful. It was written after a big shooting. And so that was emotional in and of itself. But the next song came on and it was uplifting and positive and encouraging. And I thought, what is this music? It turns out it was Christian music. Which if you had told me when I was a teenager, someday you're going to grow up and listen to Christian music, I would have punched you in the face and called you a liar. (laughs) That was going to be my question. Were you raised in a house of faith? I mean, yes, we went to church. We went to church on Sundays. I grew up Episcopal, but it wasn't something. I mean, we said our prayers before bed. We said grace before dinner, but it wasn't like we made family decisions and said, okay, what would God like us to do? It wasn't the driving force in our life. And as an adult, was it same, the kind of just peripheral part of your life? Yeah. Yeah. I fell away from it for many years in college. And when I was fresh out of college, but I always felt like I was being pulled back to the church. Like I needed that in my life, that reminder once a week, there's something bigger, keep going. Here's how you can set the things you did wrong. But yeah, it was never more than that in the, the daily prayers before bed. Okay. But when I moved to South Carolina, I felt that pull to be more deeply connected and to make sure that I had faith more at the forefront of my life. But It was, and I think some of the Christian music brought me back to that. It led me in that direction as I started listening to it. That that is an interesting journey from hip hop to Weezer to now contemporary Christian music. Yeah. And it's so funny because people are always like, wait, you wrote a book about your vagina. You share all your deepest, darkest sex secrets and everything. And you're really faith-based. I'm so confused. Like people are so shocked by it, but- I don't know. For some reason, I don't feel like they're mutually exclusive. I think you can have and want this great relationship with your vagina and take care of your body and have a beautiful sex life and still be really faith-based and know that there's something bigger than you and 
have that faith. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Who knows? No, I don't think so at all. <laughs> I remember we talked before I hit record that I was raised in a Southern Baptist home. Mm-hmm. And so we were the Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday prayer service. And I remember I'd met a friend that I was close to graduating high school and he had, was early in the college. And he says, we should create a fellowship of crude Christians, <laughs> right? That, that people, we cuss a little bit, right. we may have the occasional beer, we, yep. we, we just, because of this angelic feel, and I do think that the far right at times gives Christianity a bad name, mm. and I hate that because I was raised in that loving and forgiving spirit, right? Yeah. And no, we are Christians by our love. Yep. And when you see people, and especially on social media, so angry Mm. and so anti people who are different than them. Mm. And that just doesn't seem to be the spirit of what I read in Sunday school growing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And sadly, I know you're saying far right, but I think it's both sides, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, true. Because they both are in the comments going at each other and you know, yes. I was just reading one I and I don't I really try to stay out of all things political but yes. I was just got caught up in a comment stupid Twitter tells me to look at this thing and I'm reading yeah. the comments and I'm just going there's grown adults telling each other that they should go jump off a building they'd be better off dead the world doesn't need them and I'm like wow wow I just can't fathom that no matter how different somebody is no matter how much I disagree with someone just to, to tell another human being that they should jump off a bridge or they're not worthy of this life. I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is because we all have penises. We all have vaginas. Yeah. Or except for those who don't. And that's well, perfectly you fine. You have one or the other, I think. Yes, I don't yes, know. Yeah. <laughs> who I, you knows know, these days? Yeah. There is this feeling of grace and yeah, that we have lost the, we have lost the idea of saying, I want safe borders. You want safe borders. We disagree how to get there. Let's figure it out. Yeah. You you want everyone to have health insurance. I want everyone to have health insurance. We disagree how to do it. Let's figure it out. Versus it's not, I disagree with you. It's you're wrong. And there is, that is, brings a lot of anger. And I agree on both sides. Yeah. Both sides. So we just need more love. And I just have found For me, listening to this kind of music just grounds me and reminds me. And I think for me, God talks to me through music. That has always been the way that he has communicated to me. So if I'm having a bad day in my business and I'm thinking about burning the whole thing down, I'll get in my car going to get my coffee or whatever. And he throws in a song that I just, oh, I needed to hear that, right? Gotta wait, Roy Tosh, one of my favorite uh, hip hop Christian artists. And it's, you just gotta wait. Sometimes it's not the time, but God's got his timing and just give it a little bit longer. It's gonna happen, but on your, on his time, right? I'm like, okay, fine. I gotta wait right now. I don't know all the answers. I don't know how to figure this out, but I'm gonna trust. And then the next day you get a new client or something happens. You book a speaking gig and you're like, okay, got you. I heard you yesterday. I'm sorry. I doubted you. (laughs) And for me, it's just a great way to keep things in perspective. 
I love that. I, yeah, I have a, when I was looking for a job, I built a playlist of positive songs. 2000, when a few years ago, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. And after the surgery, you've got to have chemo. And so I built an F cancer playlist that, and that's just what I listened to. I listened to this music while, and it was, my wife went with me the first one. And then I said, if it won't hurt your feelings, I'm okay driving myself. And that way I don't have to interact with you. I can just close my eyes and listen to the music. Yeah. And she goes, absolutely. And so, yeah, I get that. And I do think that there is a wonderful line. A guy named Chuck Brodsky wrote a song, We Are Each Other's Angels. And Sarah Hickman did a cover of it. And we are each other's angels and we meet when it is time. Wow. Right? Yeah. And And I do think that is, and I think the songs come to you when you need them. Yes. Be it. Bruce or Weezer or contemporary Ah. Christian, that if you're open, your whatever you want to call it, your inner life, your soul, your being, it will come to you and help you if you're open to it. Yeah. So Jesse, I've not shared this on any podcast. So this is a set lusting Bruce exclusive. Okay. So since we're talking about Weezer and we're talking about Christian music and we're sharing all the things, talking about vaginas. So after the book was written and I was out on publicity tour, doing a bunch of podcasts, I was talking about my miscarriage. And during the podcast, it was about an hour long, about halfway through, it really all started to hit me. And I realized I had not fully healed. Even though I had shared my story in my book, I hadn't actually ever verbalized this out loud to other people. Mm -hmm. And I I held it together for the podcast, but when I got off, I really had this release and I thought this, I've got to do some healing. And I figured out that we needed to name the baby. We had never done that. And so I talked to my husband one night before bed. I said, I think we need to do this. And we were thinking of names and he came back to me the next day and he said, I think we should name it River. And I was like, River, obviously River Cuomo is the lead singer of Weezer and Mm -hmm. River's kind of a just ambiguous name. We could be any gender. We don't know what the sex of the baby that we lost was. I said, I don't know. I just don't know about river, but I said, let me sleep on it. Let's just see what's happening. What comes to mind in the next few days. I am driving to a Catholic moms meetup in a local church one Friday morning. And the song for King and country by for King and country called for God is with us is playing on the radio. And for some reason, it just hits me. Maybe I should start looking at the street signs. Maybe that's how God's going to tell me the baby's name. And I'm looking, it's like Sunbelt Drive. I'm like, okay, no. (laughs) All these weird names. And I'm listening to the lyrics of the song and I'm like, don't force it. He is with us. He's going to tell me the sign when I need it. And I look down at something in the car, happened to look up. The next street sign was River Road. And I was like, I text my husband. I was like shaking in the car. I'm like, okay, the baby's name is River. This is insane. You're not going to believe what's happened. He's like, there's no way that's a coincidence. That was your divine sign that our baby's name is and always was River. You just didn't know it. Okay. Yeah. So that's, so we named the baby. So Weezer again, plays another important role. And as does the Christian music. I just was telling you that I'm in, I'm currently 
obsessed with Jason Isbell. Yes. He has a song called River. <gasps> and I'm going to quote the lyrics. The yeah. river is my savior because she used to be a cloud. She's happy just to lay there when she used to be so proud. And even when she dries up a thousand years from now, I lay myself beside her and call her name out loud. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. I love River. I think that's a beautiful way. And I, I just had nice. some I just had someone on that lost her son to addiction. Mm. And she wrote a book about grief. And she's she has a new book coming out about grief. And we had a very wonderful yet powerful discussion of how to grieve and how that you can't rush it and the process of that different people need it different ways. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad you're able to find the way to remember your river. Yes, thank you. Uh -huh. That's I'm awesome. I'm to download that song now though. Okay, That's yes. That's be my theme song, my new theme song. <laughs> yes, that sounds awesome. So you're working on a new book though, aren't you? I am, yes. It's called Grab Life by the Dreams. I just sent it off this morning to copy edit. All right. So I apologize. Based on your first book, when you say grab life by the, I'm like, wait, <laughs> nope, she's not going to go there. Is she? Thank nope. But it is that punchy look. Grab life yeah. by the dreams. What are you waiting yes. for? Yeah, very much so. I'm glad mm -hmm. that resonated. Yes. So talk about it. Yeah. So it is my process for how I reinvented my life. It's all the things I talk, turn inward, rekindling your passions, finding your spirituality, whatever that might look like, doesn't have to be a religious spirituality per se. I talk about giving back in that bigger sense of purpose outside of sometimes a job, or maybe it is your job, but without that sense of purpose for me, I just felt that lack of fulfillment and there has to be something more. And so how do you find that for yourself? Is it through volunteering? What does that look like? And throughout the process, I share all of the stories, the things that happened to me that I experienced, the dread of corporate and being honest with myself and how I was able to make that transition. What did I do? Meeting things like just as simple as meeting with a financial planner and getting facts that now empowered me to make a leap and take the step and not just leave the story in my head. Oh, you're not going to have enough money. How will you ever retire? And all those limiting beliefs that we put upon ourselves. And then I actually share my edit methodology that the exact process I use with coaching for my clients. So it's about envisioning the goal, documenting the goal, investing in your goal and taking action on your goal, which sounds so simple, but there's so many things that fall into those steps and so many things that happen with your mindset that allow you to actually make the right investments and make the right, take the right actions. This is going to, it's going to change some lives. It's definitely going to change some lives. That is perfect. I, I'm so glad you are. Besides the book. Yeah. And besides hoping that your teenager is not too surly <laughs> at Weezer, yes. what's next for you? That's a great question. And I'm on one hand working on the plan and definitely going to be doing a lot more speaking and getting myself out there, doing more podcasts and just trying to touch as many lives as I can. But then also really taking time to be present with the kids um, and not feel like I have to be an overnight celebrity. If it takes a few years for these books to pop, then 
that's okay because now I'm getting to spend time with my boys. So reminding myself to stay grounded and to put what matters most first and the rest is going to come and it's time. So I feel like all I've done this episode is quote other people's music and <laughs> and give you book feel like I'm giving you homework. I love but, it. This is great. Yeah. That's what it's all about, sharing yeah. resources. So one of my favorite Bruce songs and I think you mm. just did it perfect is he has a song called Better Days. And it says, my soul checked out missing as I sat listening to the hours and minutes ticking away, sitting around waiting for my life to begin while it was all just slipping away. I'm tired of waiting for tomorrow to come or that train to come rolling around the bend. I've got a new set of clothes, a pretty red rose, and a woman I can call my friend. These are better days. Wow. And I think you are saying exactly what I think too many people don't do is when I get that big published, then I'll be happy. When I get this, when I get the kids out of diapers, then I'll be happy. When I get that promotion and I'm going to be able, then I'll be happy versus enjoying the journey. Amen. Enjoy the teenage surliness, right? Yes. Because then when you're adults, you guys will be able to laugh about how surly they were. Exactly. And, and you will be able to laugh that, yes, I was really enjoying that Beach Boy concert, mom and dad, even though I was acting like I didn't. Yep. I, this has been so much fun. This I'm has so been fun. Happy. Thank you. If someone wants to reach you, we're going to get to the Mary question, but if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? Yeah, karenfreeland.com. Go to my website. If you're interested in learning more about coaching, you can book a call. And if you haven't gotten the book, go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, wherever you buy books digitally and grab a copy of The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. I'm telling you, you will laugh, you will cry, you will love it. And it will be the book you didn't know you needed to read. I echo that. I am, like I said, I've read the sample and I am going to order it because I think I need a little more vagina in my life. Yeah, don't, don't we, we all? all. <laughs> don't we all, right? Exactly. All right, before I get you out of here, I end every podcast with the Mary questions. If you are a, a fan of Karen's writing or one of her people that she coaches, Jay Armstrong is a retired English teacher in, and he taught honor English in the Philadelphia area. And when he was teaching, he would print out the lyrics to Bruce Springsteen's song, Thunder Road, give it to his students, and they would study the lyrics. They would treat it as if it was a poem, going over the imagery Bruce pictures and, and going through the themes. And then at the end of the day, after he would go to the class, does Mary get in the car? So Karen, mm. that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So I was looking at this and at first I thought, no, because that line, you ain't a beauty, but Hey, you're all right. I was like, nope, she's not going to settle. Mary's not settling. She's not the settling type. Mary is going to hold her own. She's okay. And then I got thinking a little bit about the times of when this song was written and a little bit about the reality of women being people pleasers. 
and not wanting to hurt others' feelings and sometimes doing things that they really don't want to do. <laughs> You'll see some of that in the ins and outs of my vagina. Okay. But I thought she's lonely. She's out there. She sent all those other guys away. He says town full of losers, but he's pulling out. And I wonder if maybe this is her last hope. She realizes this is the last lifeline. And if she doesn't go with this guy, she might be stuck in this house listening to Roy Orbison for the rest of her life by herself. So I think she gets in the car, even though I don't want her to. I hate that she does. I think she gets in the car. I love that answer. Yeah, this is our last best chance to be real. So for what it's worth, by the way, my wife says, absolutely. He called her ugly. She's (laughs) going to tell him, F you, buddy, go away. My justification is that in my mind, Mary has always talked about, I'm not pretty. I'm not old. No one's going to want me. I'm going to nod. And so that's why he's addressing that to her. So that's my thought. I love that answer. About 60% say yes, she gets in the car, but 40% say she doesn't. Yeah. And and I think there, and all of them have different reasons on why. And so I love yours that you think she does, but you don't know if she should have. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I would counsel her probably not to, but okay, what are you going to do? All right, Karen, this is great. I will include the link to the website. You're on all the social medias. Uh, Check out the book, listeners. It is amazing. I can't wait to dive into it more. When the new one comes out, you want to come back and we'll promote it? Yes, let's do it. That would be a blast. That sounds great. All right, listeners, please go check out the book. Go to the website. In the meantime, let's be kind to each other. Let's be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking. 
hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.